Uh, last week, we began this series just by kind of laying a foundation of what the gospel is. You can't talk about putting the gospel above everything if you don't first have kind of a, at least a grasp on what the gospel is. And so that's what we talked about last week. We kind of just laid the foundation for our whole series talking about what the gospel is and putting that gospel as of first importance in our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth uh, and he says, I passed on to you what is of first importance, that Christ died according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is of most importance. This is the most important thing in our life. And so what does it look like to put this gospel first and foremost? There's a video this week in our small groups on Tuesday or Thursday, uh, the <coughs> J.D. Greer he just said it like this. Here's, he said, I, I can say the gospel in four words. Jesus in my place. Uh, Jesus in my place. And Jesus in my place, that's a, that's a good way to talk about the gospel. The gospel is what saves us. But as we talked about last week, the gospel is not just what saves us. The gospel is what sends us and pushes us to move forward, pushes us into action. So this morning, uh, we're going to kind of begin this journey together of what a gospel sending looks like. What does it look like to be sent by the gospel? What does it look like to live our lives according to the gospel? What does it look like to put the gospel above everything else in our lives? And so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next seven weeks. Some of them will be kind of more of the finer points of this. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to kind of still be in a, in a big picture mode here as we talk about putting the gospel above all. Uh, what does it look like to, be, uh, to put that in our lives? This week uh, is the theme of this week in the small group and this morning is going to be gospel transformation. What does it look like to, to be transformed by the gospel? What does it look like to allow the gospel to permeate every single aspect of our lives? What does it look like to live as though the gospel has, has transformed us? And not just as though the gospel has transformed us, but what does it look like to live as the gospel has transformed us? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, you know, we, we can't, I, I don't think, I, I really do believe this. I don't know that we can be effectively sent out with the gospel if we do not allow the gospel to be transforming us from the inside out. Now, I don't mean that you have to know everything about the gospel before you go out, but if you're not allowing the gospel in real time to transform you, to transform your mind, to transform your actions, then I don't know that we can be effective going out into the world if the gospel is not transforming us actively. And so this morning we're going to talk about uh, letting the gospel transform us. Uh, and even just that word probably gives you a little bit of hint as to where we're going this morning. We're going to go to a familiar passage, Romans chapter 12, uh, starting at verse 1 and 2. This, this passage talks specifically about the transformation that takes place in our lives uh, because of the gospel. So Romans chapter 12, if you're in one of our pew Bibles, it's on page 975. If you need that, uh, Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to kind of be home base a little bit. We'll kind of travel through some of Paul's letters this morning, uh, but that's where we're going to kind of gonna call home uh, is Romans chapter 12. Uh, and I don't have to read very far uh, for you to know that we're going to stop pretty soon because the very first word is therefore. Uh, and so we're going to go back and figure out what that's there for uh, and talk just a little bit about this because really I, I, there, this, this part of the, the, the letter to the Romans here that Paul is writing uh, is really, I, I think, a really powerful piece of this letter. 
And this, therefore, uh, you read back just a little bit and you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. The last part right before that is a prayer. It's a doxology. What is, what is Paul talking about here? I think a, a great case can be made that Paul is talking about because of everything else that I have written in this letter. What is that? Well, that's the gospel. I mean, you look at the very first couple chapters of Romans and you talk about God's faithfulness, God's judgment, God's uh, just, you talk about kind of some of the characteristics of God. You get to chapter three and we, sin enters the picture. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We get this in Romans chapter three, chapter, kind of chapter six, uh, we start to kind of turn the page a little bit. We are dead to sin, but we are alive in Christ. 623 is just kind of one of these, these passages. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You begin to see this kind of this dialogue between sin and life. Paul is essentially preaching the gospel to his people here in Rome. Chapter 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And then you get, to, you get to this piece in Romans chapter 12. And this, therefore, I think you could really make a case that it should say, in light of the gospel, <laughs> I think you could really, that therefore could really just be replaced by that. In light of the gospel, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to, to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In light of the gospel, here's then how we live. In light of the gospel, there we'll just kind of take this slow and unpack what he's talking about here. He's talking about that he he mentions this word transform. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But there's some things before that. Before we get to this transformation, that we need to be careful of. Right? Therefore, in light of the gospel, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, this whole thing, this whole transformation with the gospel begins with worship. Offer your bodies as worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. That whole phrase that we had talked about just, just earlier and it's talked about in small groups, the, the gospel can be defined in these four words, Christ in my place. That is true on the cross, but it is also true after the cross. Right, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. I mean, Galatians chapter 2 uh, makes this pretty clear. Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 19, for though through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. And I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. See, Christ in my place is true on the cross, but it's also true after the cross because the life I live, I live for him. The life that I live is lived, but Christ lives in me, Paul says. This is another Paul letter. He's sending this to the church in Galatia. The life I live now, I live in the body. I, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, but it's not I who am living. It is Christ living in me. 
See, Christ in my place, is, is, it, it's still true even today. This is part of the gospel, that Christ is in our place. We live for him. There's a, there's a fundamental transfer that happens in our lives when we submit to the gospel, when we give our lives to Christ. There is a, a transformation that happens here. Yeah, well, there's, there's, we were once dominated by our, our sinful desires. We were once dominated by this nature. Now we can be defined by something else completely. We're no longer decide, defined by our sinful nature. We're defined by Christ in us. This is, our, this is who we are now. We have given our lives to Christ. And there is a fundamental change of allegiance. There is a fundamental change of worship. Yeah, see, We worship, typically, (laughs) left to our own selves, we worship ourselves, put ourselves first. We make sure we take care of number one, but it's no longer about us, it's about Christ. Life starts to look different a little bit. I mean, how? How how does life life look different? Well, back in Romans chapter 12, it keeps going here. Verse 2, don't... Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Here's a little translation for you. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. I love the, I don't use the message version very often, but I love how the message talks about this passage. Here's what it says. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. That's the message version of Romans chapter 12 here. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. And this is a command, and it's not just a command to change behaviors. It's a command to transform every aspect of our lives here. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Well, what is the, the pattern of this world? I think there's a passage in Romans chapter 1 that really helps us kind of explore this. Romans chapter 1 Starting at verse 21 says this, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over into their sinful desires of the sinful desire of their heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. This is just a, a picture of people who are not living a life according to the gospel. Not living a life that, is, that God is calling them to live. I mean, here's just kind of a, a pattern. There's kind of a progression of this, this disorder, right, if you could say, in this, in this kind of people here, these people who have walked away. There's a disorder in their worship. Right? Verse 21 says they neither glorified him as God. Verse 25 says worship created things rather than the creator. You can see that the, the worship that they had was just out of order. They were worshiping, they weren't worshiping God, they were worshiping created things. They were worshiping, uh, they weren't glorifying God, they were glorifying other things. Their, their worship was disordered. And I think it starts here, yeah? it starts here for us as well. When our, before our faith in God, at our core, we worshiped ourselves, we worshiped created things rather than the creator. 
And even if it wasn't ourselves, we worship things like money or power or fame or anything like that. Anything that, that grabs our attention, that we chase after, we, we are essentially worshiping. And if it is not God, if it is a created thing, we fall into this pattern of disordered worship. And this disordered worship for these people led to disordered thoughts. Their minds were prone to worship things that are not of God. Their thinking was futile. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 speaks to this. You don't have to turn there with me. I'm just going to be there real quick. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 says, this is again Paul. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. This is a theme for Paul. Talking about making sure our mind is in the right spot. Just five verses later, you were taught with regard to your former way of self to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. This is kind of a pattern for Paul. This pattern that he makes pretty clear here in Romans chapter 1 is is all throughout his other letters as well, talking about the, the disorder that we have. We have disordered worship when we begin to worship things that are not of God, that are not God. They, they are created things. We, we begin to just, we disorder our thoughts as well. <clears throat> when our thoughts are disordered, we begin to, to desire things that are not of God. That's what happened with these people in this passage as well. Verse 22, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles, and God gave them over over to their sinful desires. And he goes on to list some of the sinful behaviors that are there. But I I would just, just offer this this morning. I think this disordered worship, leading into disordered thoughts, leading into disordered desires, leading into disordered uh, behavior. I think this is essentially the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is going after anything that is not of God. And here Paul is saying, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't conform to this pattern. Don't, don't fall into this trap. Don't conform to this pattern of the world. Instead, in light of the gospel, be transformed. Don't be conformed, be transformed. This word here is the same as uh, the writers in the gospels use for the transfiguration. It is being changed from the inside out. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by, from the inside out. Be transformed by his word, by the renewing of our mind. We let the person of Christ, let the truth of Christ, let the mission of Christ shape every thought. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I just have to say this, this renewing word as well, is it makes it really clear that we are not the ones doing the renewing. The way this is written, let your minds be renewed, not renew your minds. Let your minds be renewed by, by God. God is the one who can renew our minds. God is the one who can transform us by his gospel. Or be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Can we transform ourselves? No, this is the gospel. All right, the gospel is Jesus in our place. The gospel is that God, the holy, just creator God of all things, looked at humanity in their sin and sent his son so that we might be restored to God forever. We cannot do this ourselves. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing we can earn. There's not the amount of of do's and don'ts that we need to follow. There's not like a ratio that we need to have between good and bad to to be able to make it. We can't do this. 
We cannot renew ourselves. We cannot transform ourselves. This has to be from God. God is the one who transforms our minds. God is the one who shapes every thought in our mind. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians. Yet another letter by Paul. I told you we'd be in a lot of Paul's letters. Chapter 10 says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. How do we do that? We, we gotta be in this word. We have to be in this word. We have to understand what, the, we have to kind of see and read the thoughts of God to be able to shape our thoughts into the thoughts of God. This is, this is the way that it works. We have to be in the word. We have to, uh, you know, what we, what's the old saying, what you put in affects what you get out. I think the same is true in our minds. What we put into our minds affects what goes on in our brains. It affects the outcome. It affects what's coming out of our mouths. It affects what's coming out of our lives. May be transformed by the word, transformed by him. In the small group video this week, there's, there's, he's interviewing a, <clears throat> a woman who says this. The only way I can truly understand the reality of who I am in Christ is to behold Christ. I want you to think about this for a second. The only way I can truly understand the beauty of who I am in Christ is to behold Christ. The only way we're going to understand the the beauty of who we are in Christ, how God is transforming us and changing us by the gospel, is to behold Christ, is to be in this word and to get to know God through his word. We can be transformed by the word of God. We can be transformed. I love that it doesn't end there, though. Because in the back of this Romans 12 verse, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, as we are renewed by this gospel, our lives begin to look different. And our lives begin to look different because we begin to see God's will in our life more clearly. We begin to walk in the will of God, to chase the will of God and our lives look different and that's really the whole point of being transformed by the gospel that we would continue to mature into the image of Jesus that we would continue to mature into the person that God has created us to be we can be transformed by the gospel and this doesn't just affect our mind it affects every single aspect and we'll talk about some of those over the coming weeks. But I, I want you to just, just hear this this morning and ask yourself this question. How is the gospel transforming me? How do I view the gospel? Because we can't just leave it where we were last week. 
here's where we were last week. The God of the universe, the holy, just creator God of the universe, looked at us, looked at humanity in our sin, and refused to leave us that way. He sent his son to earth to take our place so that we might be restored to God forever. This is the gospel. This is the gospel that saves us. But I refuse to let the gospel be just something that I know and something that my salvation is based on. The gospel is not just something that saves us. The gospel is something that sends us, that, that moves us forward. The gospel is not just for, uh, for baby Christians. It's not just like the, the beginning point. This is everything. The gospel is for Christians. The gospel is for us. It's what pushes us and guides us and directs us. This is, we do the things we do because of the gospel. Because we're being transformed by the gospel. Because our minds, we think differently. Because our actions, we live differently. Why? Because of the gospel. This gospel is so important in our lives. It is the most important thing in our lives. And it has to be. Are you being transformed by the gospel? Or is the knowledge that Jesus died for you enough? That's the question for you today. Is it enough to just kind of leave it here? I heard it. I believed it. I prayed the prayer. I'm good. Or are we being transformed? Do our lives look different because of the gospel? I go back to the study a lot. There's a study that's been done probably 10 years ago now. They asked what... uh, they asked people what was the biggest difference between their Christian friends and their non-Christian friends. And the answer was that their Christian friends go to church sometimes. That was the number one answer. It wasn't their love. It wasn't their you know, forgiveness or their grace or just their joy. <laughs> Fill in the blank with all of the things that it should be. It was that they go to church sometimes. I think that's a symptom of a person who just kind of lets it sit here. Is not transformed by the gospel. Just takes, takes the gospel for what it is, accepts the forgiveness and grace, but continues to live the same way. This is not the goal of the gospel. This is not the point of the gospel. The point of the gospel is that we would be shaped and changed, that we would come out on the other side looking more and more like Jesus every single day. This is the gospel. There's a, at the end of, in this video, again on Tuesday, this is the last, last spoiler I'll give you from the video. <laughs> Here's what he says. Every day is an opportunity to be transformed increasingly into the image of Christ. Every day is an opportunity to be transformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. Every single day. We wake up, we dive in. God, how do you want to change me? How do you want to shape me? How can I live more according to the gospel today? I don't know about you, but I want to take advantage of every single opportunity to make that happen. I want my life to look different because of the gospel. I want my life to be transformed because of the gospel. How, does, what, how, how do we do this, right? Again, this isn't our ourselves. God does, God does the renewing, not us. How do our lives look differently? 
I think it was last week, he's, he, uh, in the small group, he says, you know, this, this command, this, this command to love God and love others is not something that can just be commanded. Right? You can't just, you, this is something that, that, that is not natural to us. How do we do this? We do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what enables us to be transformed and to live transformed, to live the kind of life that God is calling us to live. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to go with us, to go ahead of us, to mediate between for us, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, shameless plug here, come on the 23rd and we'll talk about it as the book in the Grow Group. We need the Holy Spirit to help us transform into the image of God. Therefore, in light of the gospel, brothers and sisters, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to be a church and a people that is transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you do as well. I hope you do as well. Because this gospel is more than just the thing that saves us. It is what sends us. I'm excited to keep talking about what it looks like to be a a people that are sent by the gospel. But I want you to think about this this morning. How is the gospel transforming you? How is your life different because of the gospel? Hopefully you can come up with a lot of reasons. <laughs> and I hope as you do, I, I hope you just praise God for this. God, thank you for transforming. God, God, thank you for making me different because of your gospel. God, thank you for pushing me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for directing me. Thank you for leading me. God, I, I put my life in your hands. Would you continue to transform me because of your gospel? If the answer is no, if, if the answer is, yeah, the God, I don't know that the gospel has changed me at all. Well, then I hope your prayer is, is similar. <laughs> God, thank you for making the gospel able to transform me. God, would you help me this week to be transformed? Would you help me to shape my life according to your word? Would you help me to shape my life according to the gospel? God, I want to be transformed by the gospel. I want to look different because you have saved me. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for you, whether you have, whether you see it, or whether you don't. That is my prayer for you. I hope that's your prayer for yourself as well. May you be transformed by the gospel. May God show you ways this week that you have been transformed by the gospel. Maybe it's even in the way that you pray. I've had more than a few of you come up to me at one point over the last five years and say, you know, I I was in my prayer time, and I prayed this, and I realized... I, I, that's not coming from me. That's the Holy Spirit moving in me. And amen to that. That's, 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 that's evidence of transformation by the gospel right there. I've heard some of you come up and you tell stories about, man, I was, I was interacting with someone this week and I just, I knew I should be mad. I knew I should just, just lie into this person, but I, but I didn't. 
And I'm pretty sure it was because of Jesus' spirit in me. Amen for that. That's gospel transformation. That could be anything in your life. Man, if you just look back on your life and say, man, I, I feel like this could have and should have been different had it not been for the Holy Spirit's movement in my life. Had it not been for the transformation that I've found in the gospel, my life would look different. I hope that is, that is you this morning. And if it's not, I hope that you find this gospel, this power to transform you. I hope you begin to be transformed. I hope you let your life just just begin to be transformed by this gospel of Jesus Christ because if you want it to, it will. If you allow the Spirit to move in your life, He will. Let's pray this morning. God, this morning we, we just thank you. God, we thank you for the, the transformation that you have made in our lives because of the gospel. God, our lives should look different because of the gospel. God, this morning, would we just celebrate those times? Would you just remind us of the times in which we've, we've responded to things or we have prayed about things, we have talked to people or interacted with people and it looked different because we know who you are and we are saved. Would, we, would you just remind us of those moments this week and would we be able to celebrate those? Would we share them in our small groups this week? Would we, we have these times where we can say, I am transformed by the gospel? God, and if, as we do that, would we just recommit and re-up our commitment to be transformed, to continue to be transformed by the gospel? God, I pray for those who, who are maybe Maybe skeptical of all this and maybe think, well, I, I think the gospel is just there, just there to save me. I don't know if it matters how I live after that. God, I just pray that you would speak into this and would you, just, would you just allow them to see your power at work in them? God, would you allow them to understand the importance of being transformed by your word, by your gospel? God, we want to be transformed. Our lives need to look different because of the gospel. Would you show us how to do that this week? God, would you go ahead of us? Would you go with us? Be in our workplaces, in our schools, in our jobs, in our homes, with our families. Would we just radiate you? Would we radiate the gospel as we interact with people this week? Would you go ahead of us? Be in those conversations that even the words that we speak would be transformed by your gospel. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you stand with me this morning? As you do, let me just say a blessing over you. May our God guide and direct every movement of every day for you. Would he reveal to you that his gospel is shaping you and transforming you? Would you allow the spirit to move in your hearts and minds? And as he does, would you make a difference in the community that you find yourself in? Go in the grace and love of our Father, the power of the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming this morning.